0: Hello, Explorers. I'm Pam LaRicchia, and this is episode number 145 of the podcast. It's the 10th of October, 2018, as I record this intro. This week on the podcast, I speak with Karen Knox. Karen is a longtime unschooling mom who found that while she has been in and out of therapy over the years, nothing has been more impactful and life-changing for her than becoming a good unschooling mom. We dive into her family's move to unschooling, when her healing journey began, her healing process and what she found helpful, how she wove healing into their unschooling days, and lots more. I do want to mention, I'm sorry that the audio isn't great. We pulled it out and cleaned it up as best we could, which is why there isn't a video this week. But sometimes things don't go smoothly. As a personal update, it's been a bit of a quiet week as I finish recovering from my cold, and I do like quiet weeks. I did sign a new author with my publishing imprint, Forever Curious Press, and I'm really excited to be working with her to bring her wonderful book into the world. That was definitely a highlight of the week. And as a community update, I want to thank everyone who has chosen to support my unschooling work like this podcast and my website through Patreon. And a big welcome to new patron, Catherine McGouchy. Thank you so much for joining us. I know I say every week that I deeply appreciate my patrons and I just really, really do. There's, there's no words to express how generous their support is and how much it helps me to freely share information and inspiration just with anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. Now, if you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And with that, let's get to my conversation with Karen. Welcome, I'm Pamela Ricchia from livingjoyfully.ca, and today I'm here with Karen Knox. Hi, Karen. Hi. Hi! I'm
1: so happy to see you.
0: Oh, I am so excited to see. Karen's a long-time unschooling mom and I've known her online for many, many years and I'm so excited to finally like get a face-to-face, almost face-to-face chat in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> get us started. Karen, can you share with us a bit about you and your family?
1: Sure. Um, I am a single mom and I, I still sp- started unschooling when my, um, ex-husband and I were still together. Uh, but not too long after (laughs) we started, we separated that had nothing to do with unschooling. (laughs) Um, and both dads are very, very, very supportive of unschooling. And, um, I think that's probably all I'm going to say about that. Um, but I feel very lucky in that aspect uh, because I couldn't have done it as a single mom without that support, or maybe I could have, I can't say, but I'm definitely grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I have two sons. Uh, Evan is now 25 and Seth is 19 and they are, uh, both currently working. We, um, have had a lot of upheaval recently. Um, I worked full-time once they got old enough. I I had been at a job for over 13 years, working from home for the most part. As they got older, I went into the office and added hours. Um, and I lost that job. And very shortly after that, found out we had to move. Um, so, Surprise! (laughs) Uh, So we are all working. I'm working um, two jobs now, which I absolutely love. Both of these jobs, and um, and they are working. um, Evan works at a restaurant, and um, Seth does too, just a different type. So uh, we're just trying to sort of get to a more stable place right now. Yeah. So everybody's
0: working together.
1: Yes, exactly. They're very gracious about that as well.
0: well that's lovely. Yeah. That's that's something you know, just to digress a moment, you know, the the kinds of relationships, right, that we build up with our children and within, you know, our close family network, um, really really are helpful when when other things come in, right? When challenges come up. You've got like, okay, you know, let's work through this. You've got um, those those relationships help you work your way through because challenging things come come up for people. at uh, Two really big challenging things at once. You know you, you can't control those kinds of things, but it is it is so helpful, isn't it, to have those strong relationships to kind of fall back on and 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 work out together, right? To figure out okay, how are we gonna how are we gonna move forward? Right. Yeah.
1: Yes. Absolutely. And. Um just today um in a mindfulness group I go to people were talking about how to stay centered and mindful if you're super busy and you've got to wash dishes in 10 minutes and you have to da 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 da, da. um and of course you know there's the thing look at have to do you really have to um uh, but one of the points that I made was the daily practice of mindfulness and gratitude um for what's right here like if you practice that daily then when you get in that super busy place you can better access that calm center because you have a lot of practice at it and it's the same type of thing with unschooling and parenting that um being present calm uh supportive um, with them for years and years means that as things were kind of what felt like falling apart um, we made it through that without Mm -hmm. needing to move away from each other or you know there was some anger and some little you know things of course because we're all human yeah Um, but there's that underlying um love and care for each other that we all three know is there no matter what we are confident that that love is there and um that's a a little different from the way i was raised
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 that that foundation right you're building that that foundation of love and trust um and connection can carry you through in the times when you you need to be using it instead of building it right you need to be relying on it i love that and and that's my situation as well it was it was the unschooling that led me there it was my wish to uh, <clears throat> to unschool well and learning about that and learning what helped the most that led me to figuring out you know, being present and being calm, and that that whole mindfulness piece just tied in so nicely, and and the gratitude piece too. In that, there's always good stuff, even in the bad. I mean, that's one of the things um, that I loved diving into with in the Unschooling Journey um, book because that's one of the things you discover over the years that even as um, Bad things happen, even as challenges, let's go with challenges, even as challenges come up, later on, when you look back, you can see, oh, like, you know, look what we figured out, look what we've made work, you know, and and over over time, you see that happening time and again, and it helps when challenges come up again to realize, okay, I have no idea where we're going to end up with this, but... I know we're going to be we're going to end up somewhere, right? And we're going to figure this out. I found I found that very helpful. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning. I am very curious how you initially discovered unschooling and what your family's kind of move to unschooling looked like.
1: Okay. Um, when Evan, my oldest, was quite young, um, I read. A book called You Are Your Child's First Teacher. Um, and in that book, um, which was just a very uh, gentle parenting book and a very um, supportive of letting your child explore freely and no, not really punishment, and saying yes as often as possible. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, and (laughs) she went to Waldorf schools, which to me sounded so beautiful and lovely and spirit-centering for a child. And and this was before the Internet was so ubiquitous. So... (laughs) You know, I'm checking books out of the library or ordering books um, from a catalog uh, called China Berry, which is yeah. I, I remember China. that. <laughs> yep. Um, so to find out about Waldorf, you know, just kind of reading as much as I could, and um, and I sent off for trying to remember the name of the organization there's that are actually still active and it's something like um alternative aero aero oh yeah yeah yeah. anymore i don't think um but it's like alternative education something 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 um so in one of the books i read you know it said hey you can contact this agency and they know about waldorf and they know lots of things and i Sent that off. My thought was to go to school to become a Waldorf teacher and help to open a Waldorf school. Right. If you're not familiar with Waldorf, um, it's a type of school that. um, When I look at it now, it's like putting cotton batting around your child. You know, it's very protective. And uh, things like you don't, um, you tell stories to the children, but you don't get them to look at books or maybe even read books uh, until they can read, um, until they've passed a certain age. And um, you try not to play recorded music, but you try to get them around people who play music for fun. Um, so that they have an idea of what's tangible and real and right in front of them. Um, you um, you know they play with natural playthings, not plastic um, or anything with batteries. and um, it's the they say you know, they educate the heart, and hand and mind. And what I loved about it um, Evan was just a very sensitive person and he still is um, and I wanted to protect him in that way you know um, I wanted the world to not be harsh for him um, and as I was looking into that and I got this arrow catalog there was something in there about um, a Sudbury Valley School mm mm-hmm. And it sounds so interesting, and that's another school where um, there's not a curriculum. Um, There's the school has some agreements with the students, but it's basically student run. It's a democratic school, meaning every person there has a vote Mm -hmm. on the way the school is run, and because Students, you know, outnumber the facilitators. It's really students making the majority of decisions. Um, So I sent off, again, in the mail, (laughs) you know, um, for books about Sudbury Valley, and they sent a video. And again, I was just struck by how beautiful, I mean, I wept watching this video of kids who were absolutely free to do as they wished. And, you know, there was no one standing over them saying, oh, but you have to learn blah, blah, blah. It was understood that they would learn everything they needed to learn from exploring what they loved, living life, doing things with the other kids. Um, the idea of a Subbury school is that they'll, um, kids learn from each other. It's very much about that community of kids. Um, So then it's like, oh, well, maybe I want to start a Sudbury Valley school. (laughs) And and I, you know, started getting uh, a group together here. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, and a group of parents. and, um, And before that could really take hold, and I read so much about Sudbury Valley, I immersed myself in it. I completely understood why. Things were the Sudbury way, and things were not. Um, that I didn't want um Evan to go back to school, so to back it up a few years, um, being single, I needed to earn an income. Some friends of mine from the Lake J League had kids who went to a preschool, um, that's It's a lovely, magical place for kids um, in that, again, it's not super controlling. They do have the kids, you know, sorted by ages. um, So it's not like so very, and there are, you know, activities and things, but it's about play. It's a play-based and it's understanding kids' development um, in a very natural way and accepting kids are where they are, and you kind of can't push them to be, you know, where they're not. Um, And it's, again, it's just a really nice place for a preschool. (laughs) Um, And they thought I would make a good teacher there. So I worked there. When I worked there, Evan went to preschool. And I thought, I don't... I don't want him to go to school, especially as a five-year-old. It just seems so harsh for him to be away for six hours a day sitting in a building. I mean, I know, you know, schools are different now, but for the majority of time, kids are in a room. Um, And I just thought, that's so – what a weird thing to do to kids. Like, how could an odd way – to treat these beings who want to explore, you know, um, like with their whole bodies and their whole selves. Um, but I didn't think that I could homeschool. I thought homeschooling meant we'd sit down at the table and we'd do a curriculum and I would have to force them to do work. And I didn't want our relationship impacted negatively yeah. um, in that way. So he did go to a charter school here, which was, um, the idea for that school was much more open and organic, but because it got a lot of very special needs students, um, they changed into more um, rigid, slightly, and more controlling. And really for some of the students that's exactly what they needed and they blossomed. Um, but I saw Evan losing his spark, you know, um, literally. And I, I, I felt stuck, you know, but you gotta go to a school. We don't have, you know, a Waldorf school here. We don't have a Sudbury Valley school here. Um, and that's when I really, Thought about starting the Sudbury Valley School, um, just wanting him to regain uh, his excitement for learning and life. And um, I thought, while we're getting this Sudbury Valley School together, I'm going to just keep them home. And a friend of mine that I was talking to who homeschooled her kids, so there are so many different ways to homeschool, and I, I didn't know that. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> um, and um, at the time, I went to the public library to get on the computer. And again, it's before everybody had a computer in their home. Um, so I went to the library, and one of the very first things I ever put into a search engine pre-Google, was ways to homeschool, just that phrase, and unschooling came up, and I read it, and I I completely didn't understand what it was, I thought I did, and I thought, we can do this, like, we can do that while we're trying to get this school together, Um, My idea of unschooling at the time, because my parenting at the time was still very much informed by how I was parented, um, was kind of hands-off, sort of, like, um, so I thought, and I'm a disorganized person, and I still am, um, I thought, Oh, good. Here's a way that I can homeschool and I don't have to have be working. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and um, so, you know, my kind of thinking about what unschooling would look like was that Evan would come to me, and by then we had Seth too, they're six years apart, um, that they'd come to me and say, mother, darling, I'd like to learn about electricity. And I would say, of course, my son. And we'd go to the library, and we'd go to the power plant, and we'd go talk to electricians, and we'd, you know, more than just reading about it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't happen that way. Do <laughs> <That's> not <laughs> think for the most part. Maybe some do. Um, it's much, much different than that view. But um, yeah, that's the that other expecting. Um, so while we were, you know, whatever you'd call this not unschooling thing was, um, I realized that we really enjoyed being together
0: uh-huh.
1: and that for them to get up, um, you know, Monday through Friday at whatever time was deemed, you know, necessary was really messed up a lot of the really lovely things we had at home, you know, mm-hmm. um, even if they were going to a Sudbury Valley school where they would get to finish, you know, whatever thing they started in their own time and in their own way, um, it would really mess up whatever they started at home, you know? Um, and so I read more about unschooling and you know, I got on some unschooling email lists, um, and we thought, okay, we'll, we'll do this. You know, <laughs> we'll do this.
0: Oh, that is so fascinating. That's really interesting, Karen. I haven't heard the the background stories before. Um, so cool about how you were, um, you know, wanting to do something different and, and eager to start the school so that you can have what you were looking for. I mean, that's that's a big piece of it, even with unschooling, right? We... Don't have something we're looking for, we'll dive in and try to create, right? Yeah, so that was really cool, um, and I do love the observation. You know, about it's so often that's our first impression of unschooling, right? It's like okay, hands off, and and just wait for the kids to come and ask, right? That that is a very you know common first impression as you start learning about it, and then like you said, you guys decided you decided to learn more. And then that other piece about realizing that Sudbury was you know it's almost like I'm schooling in that environment, but it's in a separate environment the home, right? And that you still need to get up and go to a different place. You still have those kind of parameters. And then it's almost like they're living two kind of lives or they're in two different environments. That they have to manage right yep and to be Sudbury, um
1: it's very much about not having parents involved with the school which i understand because not many adults under really get how kids learn yeah. and so i can see parents being involved and being at the school a lot and they'd be saying I brought these books, you know, let's sit down and read. Trying to direct You know, the facilitators understand most parents wouldn't. So I understand what that is. And they have a requirement because it's about that community of kids that um, the kids really have to commit to being there, you know, a certain number of hours every week. So, yeah, Yeah. those were two things that were like, Mm-hmm. that's a little yeah not
0: great <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's great uh, great to understand those aspects when you're making the choice right i mean they they do make sense for that environment but those are the choices as part of of it yeah so now let's move on a little bit to your more de-schooling and more learning about what how unschooling really works what was the most interesting aha moment for you around that time as you were doing the bulk of your I got um,
1: and this was after going to an unschooling conference which truly made the biggest difference in my unschooling um it was live and learn in black mountain north carolina um and Literally being with parents who are living radical unschooling just opened my eyes to so much and seeing the teens and young adults who were amazing, just amazing people. I thought, I really want to get this. I really, you know, yeah, <laughs> this is amazing. And, um, And so I went, I had taken time off of email lists because to me, they just seemed very contentious at that time and a lot of arguing and a lot of just, it wasn't, it didn't seem healthy to me. I had stepped away from all that. But after going to the conference, I wanted to stay connected to people that I had met and I wanted to learn more. So I signed back up um, and I would say the biggest aha was um, the way I worded it at the time was um, I don't need to worry. There's nothing they have to learn. Um, And that made sense to me. And it allowed me to just let go of what about reading? What about this? What about that? What about that? And I, I got that from reading on the email list and also being with my kids and seeing how they were learning. Um, And I I think I thought, you know, even if they reach adulthood and aren't great readers and their handwriting's not great, they can still create a life, you know, really successfully. Um, And that's, you know, to part of reading the Sudbury Valley stuff was reading their um, outcomes, yeah. you know, of their graduates. So, um, so that allowed that thrust to happen. But I just re- literally, it felt like a
0: click in my head, yeah. you know. Yeah, like, I could feel like like the weight released. Right? It's like oh, I, to me, for me, that was tied in with the realization, you know, that. They're always learning, which you figure out from watching your kids, right? They're always learning. They're not going to stop learning just because they're 18. And they don't have to learn these certain things by this certain age. They have a lifetime to learn it. And it's like, oh, look, we can just, it can just come up. (laughs) Right? Yeah. It makes such a huge difference. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that the time frame is our lifetime. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's you know, that's another layer to peel away around the idea of curriculum. Right? Because at first it's like no curriculum, okay, but we follow their curiosity and they learn these things. But to realize that you still have in the back of your mind often just that um what a curriculum implies, which is there's a certain set of knowledge or skills that one should have by certain ages. So that's the deeper layer of, of releasing curriculum is understanding that that too is artificial, that they really can learn whenever.
1: Yeah. Around that same time, um, I think this is when my mom moved out of our childhood home I'm, I'm not so great with timing of things but I think that's it but she sent me a box of my stuff from the attic and there was a, a good bit of schoolwork in there and I looked through there were papers and essays and things that I had gotten A's and you know A pluses and 100s and I remembered None of it. I didn't, for a lot of them, I didn't even remember researching whatever it was. Yep. And I thought, I spent how much time doing this work, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it, it, again, you know, that the timing of that was like, oh, oh, <laughs>
0: you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. That's great. So I'd love to dive into our topic of healing and unschooling. Um, and I was curious, was your healing uh, something that you were working on before you um, found unschooling you went on that, you know, school Sudbury school journey or was that kind of a need or something that you uncovered through moving to unschooling? Does that make sense as a question? I yeah, it does. <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely
1: before um, I had kids, uh, I had lived with depression from the time I was around seventeen or eighteen, and had been to therapy for that. Um, had you know tried medication once and didn't have such a great experience. <gasps> and, um, And I, uh, whew, I don't know where my brain just went, but it's back now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I was using drugs. I was drinking alcohol and smoking pot. Um, not anything harder than that um, until I dropped acid. And the very first time that I dropped acid, I had this amazing experience of feeling that everything really is one and um, like very deeply feeling that and, you know, looking, (laughs) I'll just tell you this, but looking at the clothes that I was wearing and taking them off like I really like what is clothing about who needs clothing we don't need clothing and jewelry and just tossing my jewelry away like this is also unnecessary what is, you know we don't need this to live I was on a mountaintop um, outside of Boone North Carolina and it was a beautiful summer night <laughs> and, um, um, and thank goodness a friend was there a few friends were but this particular friend was taking care of me, (laughs) wrapping me in a blanket. (laughs) And um, he said, what you're feeling really is real. Like that's it. But you can't get there through drugs. Like you can't stay there through drugs. And I, well, how do I get there? And he said, "You'll, you'll find out like, That's your thing. You have to look within. I had no idea what the phrase look within even meant. Um, I was very, um, I don't know how to say it except to say out of touch with myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was very much in my head. Um, I made choices and did things based on what people would think of me. Um, I couldn't even tell you what I wanted. I would say what I thought the other person wanted me to want. Yeah. Um, very much not in here. And um, and that experience uh, combined with um, shortly after that, I attempted suicide uh, and I, Obviously, wasn't successful, thank goodness. <laughs> but it um, <laughs> two things together. Um, and then as I recovered from my suicide attempt, I read the book, Be Here Now, by Ram Dass, mm-hmm. where he talks about his experience dropping acid, experiencing oneness, and wanting to explore it more. And I thought, oh, this has happened. Like, more people than me, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? And he advocated on, um, you know, of course, meditation and finding a teacher and, you know, different things. And I got very much into meditation. Getting into meditation um, brought me to knowing myself more. And it brought me to where I really didn't want to use drugs anymore at all, like, at all. Even caffeine, you know, was like, we shouldn't need these external things. And, um, and I, uh, joined a 12 step group at that time. I'm no longer involved in that, but, um, so from there, you know, healing and working the steps, looking at myself, learning about myself. Um, at that same time, I was seeing an exceptionally good therapist, um, who, taught me what looking inside meant and Mm -hmm. kind of showed me how, you know, walked me through doing that. Um, So definitely before kids, I had started that journey. Um, And I actually thought I was never going to have kids. I really thought I was going to... um, know become like a guru and go live on a mountaintop away from people (laughs) um, you know come to find out (laughs) that was my attempt to not live in this body you know (laughs) that was my attempt to escape um this particular world we've created and I didn't know that at the time um But I, I wasn't so successful at being anesthetic (laughs) and I got pregnant with Evan. Um, And yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. been in therapy, off and on, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. You mentioned to me (laughs) before that you had uh, been in and out of therapy, and had, had explored a number of different healing values like you talked about meditation there etc so I just was curious if you could share a bit about that process in that you know what did you find helpful for you along the way
1: uh well meditation is still helpful for me it's still I'm still discovering things about that and about being mindful and what that means um and Um, In the 80s, I think it became kind of popular to look at your inner child and do inner child work. And there are parts of that that I think kind of take it a little far, but looking at that perspective of the young me that I can still be in touch with has been very, very helpful. Um, And uh, like you know, when, when things are kind of not <laughs> not in great control, and I'm not making good choices, I'll realize, like, well, my eight-year-old has been in charge for the past few weeks, you know, <laughs> so we're eating donuts and Cheetos for <coughs> meals, um, you know, um, like, okay, it's time for me to be the adult, and, um, you know, that's sort of thinking process is very helpful. Um, And um, Reiki, I heard about Reiki and I thought it was fake and weird Um, and I, you know, Google it was like, right. Um, But then I met someone, the moment I met her, it was literally, here's my other half. I've been looking for you, (laughs) You and um, she was a master. And a a mutual friend of ours took her class and had this very amazing things happen that brought me to tears to hear. And I thought, oh, okay, I'll try this freaky class, and and I did, and it really just opened me up in a very interesting way. So Reiki has been very helpful. Um, in terms of learning it and, I guess, opening my mind up enough to learn it. Yeah. Um, Some personal growth things. There's um, a blogger named Steve Pavlina, and I stumbled across his work, and it's not all a super great match, but there's so much really good stuff that he has learned about personal growth, being true to who you are, um, not hiding who you are that I got a lot out of his work. Um, also. And like I found his work close to the same time I went to my first unschooling conference close to the same time that I got, uh, uh, Oh, I can't remember the word. Um, attuned to reiki healing Uh, yeah this was all you know (laughs) kind of happening close to the same time um it was a big big time of learning
0: yeah well so how did you how did you find your healing weaving in with the unschooling
1: because i wanted to be more present with the kids i wanted to Um, not react in harmful ways. Uh, And I think knowing that there's healing, like I can look at whatever this trigger is and heal that. Like that was huge for unschooling, just trusting that um, this isn't, who I am, you know, um, that I can grow and I can change. Uh, A huge piece of that was learning to be vulnerable. Um, And I said before, I thought of unschooling as kind of hands-off to really understand and know Evan and Seth, I had to open up to them, to their being. And I was very protective. Um, you know, as a child, I endured pain and I protected myself in my heart, you know, um, and wanting to deeply connect with my sons i had to learn how to crack that open Mm. um Mm. and doing that helped me really accept who they are without judging um and help them be more of who they want to be, or they already are, uh, to provide them the support to really be who they're meant to be in the world. You know, um,
0: that, and that's yeah. I was gonna say that's. I was just gonna say that is such a cool observation that to really recognize who they are. Um, it helps so much for us to get to a vulnerable or comfortable place with recognizing who we are, right? And bring, being able to bring that person because they can sense when we come with layers and you know, protections over top of us, and they learn that they should do that too. It feels like, right? so you get those you get those layers reflected back at you you know because that's 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 how they're learning to be in relationship with another person with with you right so that's that's what they're learning right so when we do the work to actually understand ourselves and and gain that self-awareness and it is so vulnerable to get to the spot where you're going to bring your real you, you know, depending on our experiences growing up, we can have built a lot of layers on top of that, right. To protect ourselves truly and needfully, you know, Um, but that work to get to our gooey center, you know, whatever you want to call it. Right. (laughs) And bring that to our relationship with our kids because, um, they haven't yet, you know, they certainly may have to have some layers, et cetera. Like, you know, my kids went to school for a few years, et cetera, you know, but for us all to, um, have this safe space, this safe unschooling space, then I, w- I was going to say home, but it, it, you know, we take it with us because it's our relationship. It's how we are together, Right. It's that trust that you build, um, that honesty, etc. But you know what I mean, right? And and it's just—it's so valuable for other family, isn't it? Yes. Yes.
1: Uh, <laughs> in so many ways, too. You know, because that work affects my. Other relationships in the world and the way that I
0: show up in the world. And um, it's true. It, it was all to learn, like for unschooling, was kind of the impetus, right? I mean, I know you in your situation, you started your healing journey before you came to unschooling. Unschooling took it another level deeper,
1: right? Definitely several layers. <laughs> yeah.
0: a, a few layers deeper, absolutely. <laughs> And then, then you can be that person in the world once you get that, you know, understanding of yourself and that acceptance of yourself, you know, which we learn through accepting our our kids. I mean, for me, so much of what I learned about being human and treating myself graciously was through doing that for my children, and then realizing this is. This is for humans. This is the way we should all be treated, right? Mm-hmm. Including myself. Exactly, <laughs> including ourselves. We are yeah. oh, very
1: love. good at, uh, at you know saying who you are is perfect exactly as you are. Except for me, I'm you know (laughs) I'm not that way. (laughs) You know I'm a horrible person, (laughs) and actually I'm only recently letting go of that story that Mm -hmm. I'm broken and wrong, um, which is so freeing and beautiful. Uh, But I think the the desire to like you said, create that safe space. And um, I think Sandra Dodd maybe called it the unschooling nest, you know? Um, yeah. But yes, I, I wanted that unschooling nest. And, um, and I wanted my kids to know that unconditionally they have home. Like, I think... So many parents think that, well, their boss isn't going to be, oh, fire truck's going by, um, you know, their boss is not going to be nice to them, and, you know, the world is a harsh place, and, you know, you need to prepare them for that, and so they kind of stay closed off, you know, and, um, and not so kind to their kids. What I have found is that that solid base of kindness and them knowing they have a home they have a softness to come to no matter what that's what they need to survive you know the harsh world, which I wonder where these people live I mean I'm not that's what a privileged thing to say, like. I mean, you know, for where I am currently in the U.S. and people talk about the the harsh world, you know, they're meaning that that people aren't that kind. Um, it's not harsh like a lot of other countries, you know, may have things, but um, but I the majority of people in my life are very kind and very generous and i'm so sad that that's not true apparently for people who believe that have to steal their children for a rough life ahead um yeah uh or that you know that argument you know their boss won't do that for them like i'm not my kid's boss. I'm their mom. <laughs> you know, I don't want to have an employer-employee
0: relationship with my kids. They are my kids. <laughs> <You> yeah, <know? laughs> look, and I think yeah. the point that you made um, is so valuable in that making them a harsh person, getting them used to harshness in preparation for it, just really escalates that relationship whereas giving them you know that that wholeness that kindness that knowing that they've always got that they have in their back pocket a safe wonderful loving place that they can go to they can absorb that and because we are always you know speaking with them about about individuals, right? They know this is that person. This is that person's personality. Okay, your boss, your co-worker, whoever it is, they realize this isn't the whole world. I have in my back pocket this really great thing. You know, so they aren't taught you have to fight back. It's a power thing. And that escalates to to really hard um, relationships at work or in whatever situation, right? but to to try to explain to people that no this this soft loving mess knowing that that's there um and how we understand other people and accept other people just not accept as in say it's okay but their understanding that that's that person it's not about me it's about them right can help them deal with that so much better i think yeah, that's such a great point. I've never thought of it that way. So, <laughs> very cool. All right, last question, Karen. Looking back at this point now, so 1925, what do you most appreciate about choosing unschooling? A- I'm sorry, your voice went out right at the end there. What was the- <laughs> what, what do you most appreciate? about having chosen unschooling? Uh.
1: Primarily, the relationship with Evan and Seth. And it exceeds anything I could have imagined in terms of um, compassion and support and love, and presence.
0: I love those words.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's and that plays out too. Um, Again, you know, opening up to that vulnerability, becoming open-hearted helps others, you know, outside the home. I mean, even momentary interactions are made better by full presence of my whole self. Yeah, I can feel it, and I know it, and I've experienced it. Um, I've said before that... Um, if I had learned what I learned through unschooling about um, acceptance and patience um, and generosity that my husband and I would never have separated. Um, And I'm not, you know, I don't, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. A lot of people have a lot to say about, you know, (laughs) that particular. Subject.
0: it's I mean, important I, stuff it's valuable
1: yeah yes yeah oh. um but that's true it's true and um last year i spoke at the free to be unschooling conference which is in phoenix mm-hmm. um and i led a, a circle and in the conversation and a circle chat is the way that I did it was to talk about my own experiences and my own thoughts and then different people shared different things um, about what they've experienced or learned or passions about um, I highly recommend circle chats highly recommend I wish I had one once a week with other unschooling things. yeah <laughs> it's just yeah, I learn a lot. Um, but in that, um, a mom was saying um, that I think it was her son's friend really loved potatoes, like all kinds of potatoes, fried, you know, mashed, bake, whatever. And so when he came over, she would give him potatoes because his, you know, I guess his parents thought, "Well, that's not so healthy." So when he came over, she gave him as many potatoes as he wanted you know, and um, and she said something so beautiful. And I know her first name is of Alisa, I think is how it's pronounced. Um, I hope I find out who she, her, like I okay. hope I remember her last name and everything. Um, but she said she healed herself by being generous to this child, that something in her healed as well. Um, And she said something so beautiful that has stayed with me, um, because we know the healing goes forward. Like we know if our kids are more whole and less damaged, um, and they live by these values of um, compassion and understanding and, and patience and um, and vulnerability, we know that that goes forward. That you know their relationships will be better for that. If they have kids, you know the, their relationship with their kids will be better. Their kids will be more whole. And what Elisa said was, it also goes backwards because she was healed with that generosity and learning that for herself. And I believe it heals the past as well. Wow. Um, partially our view of it, mm-hmm. that we have more compassion um, for what we maybe went through But I also believe on a very real energetic level that it heals the past as well. And it heals the world, you know? Learning how to be generous to your kids and how to be vulnerable with your kids. And that it's safe for them to know that you love them. That's not a dangerous
0: thing, you know? It's not a weakness, um, yeah.
1: It heals the world.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful, Karen. <laughs> and, and and a wonderful way to end. I want to thank you so much for sharing your stories today. It was such a wonderful conversation. I'm so glad I finally got a chance to chat with you face-to-face. Me
1: too, me too. And, um, really nice to connect yeah, yeah. so thank you oh love I love thinking about all this stuff and talking about all this stuff and yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I know other people from that, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay before we go where's the best place for people to connect with you online boy um I'm on
1: Facebook I am not loving Facebook right now <laughs> so that is probably the best place um, they can send a message. Um, um, I may not accept friend requests. I'm not, I'm just having a weird thing with Facebook right now. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Yeah, yeah. But that's where I am. I would say most of the time. Yeah. I reach out through Messenger. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't have, you know, don't keep a blog or have a website. Um, So that's,
0: that's kind of it right now. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Karen, and have a great night. Thank you. I hope you do too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to check out the third book in my Living Joyfully with Unschooling series, Life Through the Lens of Unschooling. This book is a wide array of essays drawn from my blog that shed light on the day-to-day lives of unschooling families. You'll find essays tackling everything from learning to read to visiting relatives, all organized around nine keywords that have been woven into the fabric of our unschooling lives. Deschooling, learning, days, parenting, relationships, family, lifestyle, unconventional, and perspective. The theme is life, the lens unschooling. Until next time, have fun living and learning with your family.